I mean, like, when I walk around with Mike and you walk by, he's like, hey, there's money. I mean, Bo. And I was like, what are you, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, nothing. It's just one of my surfs. One day he'll earn his freedom. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello and welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast. The show where three Canadians, hey, we get together, eh? And we talk, eh, about all sorts of topics. We give them verdicts. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they bullshit? With me is the Sam Harris of this podcast. I'm talking about Michael Hodgins. Welcome, Michael. Hello, Crofton. We're just going to get to some housekeeping stuff right away and, and move up. That was my Sam Harris impression. He sounds and, very boring. And the Scott Johnson of this podcast. I'm talking about Bo Schwartz. Oh, baby. I'm a Hall of and, Famer. And I am the Crofton Steers of this podcast. I'm talking about Crofton Steers. Yeah, I knew that Hello. was going from the start. But, uh, <laughs> you, you felt the journey that was going to take you there? Well, I mean, it's a little bit obvious. It's just like, oh. how is this oh, going to aggrandize Crofton in a way? Like, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I will have you gentlemen know, as you already do, because we pre-chatted, but I am returning from the annual office Christmas party at which there was merriment and fun and karaoke in which I belted out not one but two songs uh, and so my throat is a little bit sore but I will try to make it through this let's show. talk about and the we- real story here what the hell is up with that sweater well oh, it's yeah a Christmas sweater. it's a Christmas party check it out well like audio listeners you can't really check it out but I got a pin here that lets me have food from the buffet, and like it was, you know, it's more like the sweater has reindeer on. It's your, it's your it's, classic. Can I ask you, does the sweater have a hood Christmas. and two drawstrings on it? Yeah, it's a hoodie. It's a hoodie. Well, it has one drawstring. What are you talking about? Yeah, ends. it is one drawstring. You're right. You can tell this man. This is the. Intelligent podcasts. <laughs> He's the Sam Harrison. He can show. tell that when there's a drawstring, it's one rope and not. Well, two. what did you think it was? Do you think I know both, it's like, one rope? On the other I know it's, it's one, one rope, string. but you know it's. You two. never had a hoodie before. I would like to take this drawstring and throttle you with it if I could. Yeah. <laughs> well, if be- two, but it would throttle, throttle yourself. Throttle. You can throttle it now. Go ahead. It'll work. I promise it'll work. Do it. Oh, you're getting me. Oh, I'm so choked. Oh, oh. it's. I wasn't going for you. I was going for Hodgins. Well, until the uh, internet creates a way to throttle someone through the screen, which we've been demanding for some time on this show, (laughs) we'll have to put up with each other. Yeah, what's Elon Musk doing? Like, doesn't he know there's like, you got to solve problem A before you get to problem B? Throttling, Uh, then Mars. But yeah, his is like, I want to bypass all the problems by going to Mars where it sucks. But yeah. he can live with other billionaires. <laughs> speaking, so, Bo, of, speaking of things that suck, gonna... uh, is that a good segue? <laughs> do you think we're going to post this episode before Christmas? Yes. No. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, think, <laughs> you think this episode will be out before Christmas? Yes. Before okay. Christmas 2019. <laughs> 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 Bo's like, before a Christmas. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Uh, <laughs> So I guess my my question is: Do you think it will be the last episode posted? Is this our Christmas special? Uh, well, we're on the docket to do an episode probably on the twentieth, and that's going to be a sweet long weekend. So I would hope that we would record on the twentieth and have a nice holiday special for our listeners. But like for yeah, the so live listeners, yeah. But like for the live listeners for the. That, it, we have one. We, if you check Google Calendar, where I set up a regularly scheduled <laughs> meeting for when we meet and record the show. This is great podcast content. Yeah, by this, the way. Is, this um, is good stuff. Here. We will record on the twentieth uh-huh. of December, which, as I, far as I know, is five days before Christmas. Hmm. Which means, well, this has been engrossing. Uh, <laughs> do you guys want to move on to a random? Topic? Yes. No. <laughs> No, I just want to know if it's the Christmas. Is this the, the last answer? Is episode no. Pe- it's no. I answered. I no. It's not the last episode before Christmas. 
But it was okay. like he you didn't no, accept like, my answer. Can it be? Where's the <laughs> throttle no, button, Elon? Where's my throttle because button? Because I think there, I think there's two uh, two angles here. There's the the live listeners and the when a show is posted, right? My That's intent. What I'm Why is, is he still talking about this? Yes. Let's do a random oh my god. Okay, I'm I'm pulling the Mike. Just pull it. He's not yeah, getting a segue see. today. I'm sorry, Crofton, but you've you've disappointed us. Anyway. I'm the host. I control this. Well, Mike's just pulls it, and then that's all. That's what's going to happen. Do it. I'm the yeah, there you go. Of this podcast. And this is how I'm treated. It's horrible. <laughs> Lord uh. Shaper asks Crofton: Is the joke that your head's so big it needs two drawstrings? It, it might uh, be. The you guys don't know what the topic is. Yes. I'm, okay. I'm sort of. Or do you want to keep arguing about whether or not we're close to Christmas or not? So I can't wish people Merry Christmas yet. No, no. Okay. Um, the topic is y- yoga. <laughs> yoga. Yoga flame. Yoga kick. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we did this recently. No, we, we talked about those... we talked about Dalism. Dalism was meditation. Meditation. It was meditation. Yes. It's, this is part of the, um, I don't know what you would call it, the enlightened lifestyle suite of good, bad, and old episodes. Have we meditation. never done yoga on the show before? We've definitely talked about yoga because I remember you do telling a story about doing yoga with a whole bunch of ladies and you were the only man and trying to hold in your farts. I remember that. Is that me? It's definitely you. Um, oh, yeah. Hmm. that Yes, I do and remember I that Mike, now I that you Mike mentioned it. Mike has done... Sauna yoga? That's, did I we do I... yoga already? Maybe we did no, yoga. It's just I, I you guys were really like into it. yoga for a while and it came up on the show. But we mm. never actually talked about yoga. Um, so, I mean, do you want to pull? Do you feel you've said everything you've already had to say about yoga? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we could just do a rare let's pull the machine again. Because I feel like we talked about mindfulness, which got into yoga. And clearly, Crofton told his farting story, so he's got nothing else there. And <laughs> if I talked about the hot yoga stuff, like, I don't know. Oh, it's hot yoga. Yeah. Hot yoga sounds like something you find in your pants. That's unfortunate. It was a thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess we didn't. if we didn't give verdicts, I mean, we could talk about it. But it just feel a little bit rehashy. So, I don't know. Yoga flame. Um, yeah, I no, I, I, you know, like. My thing is I'm just not super enthused. I think it's a good topic to talk about because it's such a big thing. But I'd be more than open to, to reshuffling the deck on this one. But I I loathe, reach, I loathe pulling the thing again. I feel like that's admitting the Well, and I feel like the topic is like out then if we do that. We're not going to do yoga again another time. Yeah. So we've never done yoga. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, so here's Hi, the deal. It's a great start. As listeners... I will. I'm gonna say we're gonna pull the machine again. We're gonna pull it another topic. If there is a giant outcry in the in the public sphere where you're like, oh my god, they were gonna do an episode on yoga. I was so excited. I've been waiting them for them to do yoga for so long, and then we skipped it. Please write it and let us know. We'll Here, put it back in. Well, what about this? Look, I'll tell you what I think about yoga in like yeah. Five, let's give the seconds. verdict now. Yeah, I'm like I think yoga's good, and. I don't love it that much. I did it a little bit. Some people really like it. And, uh, but I'm not that into it. Uh, but, but people like it and uh, whatever. That's about it. That's all I got to say. It's good to stretch. It's not my bag. What do you think, Crofton? I 100% agree with Mike, which is weird. <laughs> uh, I say yoga is good. Uh, it's not my bag, but I think it's really a, a good practice. And yeah, there's big yoga the big yoga companies, you know, yeah, big yeah, yoga. There's, there's some um, negative in there, but yeah, there, it's mostly there's, good. there's some of the stuff, but mostly it's a positive and staying fit is good and it's a different type of exercise. And uh, I generally have appreciated it, appreciated it the times I've done it, but I'm not really keen on doing it a bunch personally. But uh, yeah, I'll say it's good. So boom, done. All right, Bo, this is the quickest uh, ever. Yeah, yoga is <laughs> bullshit. Go with your heart, Bo. Yoga is bullshit. Uh, 
<laughs> exercise good. I like that it gives exercise. I believe you know. You don't like exercise. Me. What are you talking about? No, I approve of exercise. I just don't personally <laughs> you do don't it. like it. <laughs> but but I also think like the whole culture behind it is like goofy, and I kind of hate the, the 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 yoga culture. So that's where yogis. Yeah. Do they call them yogis? I'm pretty sure. Anyways, yeah. I give it a bullshit, but I agree with the exercise stuff. If you enjoy it, it gives you exercise. It can't be a bad thing. But I hate the whole bring your mats and spandex pants weirdo business. Uh, it's not for me. Um, okay, so uh, then, Mike, wow. you're free to uh, pull, it, pull it again. All right, let's do it. Start up again. <laughs> we should do a speed round episode sometime. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the topic today is renting. <laughs> okay, renting. So renting, renting, like, is, like. I mean, are we limiting this to renting apartments? Because that's what first comes to mind, or just uh, renting anything? I think so. I think so. No, I. Yeah, limit. Let's limit it to the living, like the living like accommodations. Renting, living like accommodations. Yeah, because like you can rent all kinds of. Like, you can rent tools, you know, from... Like, you could rent a Caterpillar for a construction site because you don't want to buy it. I don't think... Like, obviously, you're just doing that because you don't want to shell out the money up front for something you're going to use for a small period of time. And I don't think we want to talk about that. Yeah, because I've done a lot of renting of, say, tools. And, like, honestly, I don't really... It's just, like... It's good. It's, it's good. Like, it's pretty much wanna, like I don't want to spend the tool. I don't want to spend the money on the thing, which is very similar to the property issue. Except the one big People difference is that why it's renting for property is that everyone needs a place to live. Yeah. So yeah, if you're okay, paying so for it or someone else is paying for it, somebody's footing the bill so that you can occupy space in the world, whether that's buying your property and living there and maintaining it, or renting. So let's do yeah. So what I love about this right off is our current living arrangements. So I currently own, i.e. pay the bank a mortgage, um, a, a you know a house. So I'm not quote unquote renting. Uh, Mike also owns, however, he he is a landlord to people like he has rental properties and derives sort of income off of them Bo is a renter and does not own so so we all have sort of like uh different backgrounds i'm out of the rental game if you put but put it to a certain extent but i i have obvi- i have definitely been in it um but i do find it interesting because often you know like we don't have tremendously different status quos when we when we take in a topic or we look at something but this is a case where our current living arrangements are kind of completely um di- you know completely different so uh so it'll be interesting interesting to hear well you, I, yours and ours are the same it's just that i also am a landlord well i guess like to give myself full credit here um yes. go it, ahead it, is that uh, you guys both have skin in the game Bo is a renter and you derive profit off renters. I'm the only one that does not have sort of you skin know, in the renting game, right? Yeah, exactly. So, like, my verdict is kind of the most important right now. We're, so, but we're, let's, we're on different let's play sides, it out anyway. We're, we're on different sides of a coin, but we participate in that business transaction or whatever. That's um, right. You're, yeah. you know, like if Mike is like, well, I derive all this money from renting, so renting is bad, you know, like. That would be surprising if Bo was like, well, I rent and I have a place to live, so renting is bad. That would be surprising. If I said renting was bad, it would be possible, you know, maybe maybe not likely, but that's all I'm saying. There's an, interesting, interesting. There's an interesting maxim um, that I heard, and like all maxims and sayings, you can live by them by principle, but they're kind of... You know, they're suspect, I would say, in the least. So take it with a grain of salt, what I'm about to say. But um, George Bernard Shaw, when I was reading a lot of his stuff, there was this other author that he was a big fan fan of, that I know very little about, actually, called Proudhon. And Proudhon? So he tri- Proudhon. He attributes this saying to him, property is theft. And George Bernard Shaw was always like, this is probably the truest thing I know. 
is that property is theft. Like, if I assert a lot of things, the one thing that I feel is the truest of all that I assert, which was said by someone else, is that all property is theft. All of it. And the rationale behind it is that in the cosmic universe, nobody owns anything. And that ownership is a man-made construct uh, whereby we are allowed to exploit one another for for services or for money or things like that. And that the idea that even as an owner, the square feet or mile of whatever land you even own, Crofton, is a form of theft. In the cosmic universe, you don't own any of that. And, you know, the meteor will hit your house regardless. If you show it, it's your deed. <laughs> hey, meteor, look at this before you decide to land on my house. <laughs> it's like, It'd be I don't care, I'm a meteor. It'd be funny if you didn't, though. <laughs> right. Um, so... So it's a means, it's not a, a natural law, it's a human law, and it's a means of exploiting one another uh, for stuff. And that's not to say that I'm going to go outright and just say it's bad, because ownership is how we is how we organize well, ourselves amongst one another. Like, the, you know, it's an important facet of how we function. Um. And I'm not really going anywhere with this other than to say well, uh, I like I mean, the it's, saying it's, property it's is theft. Yeah. Start point, but yeah. Oh, the the reason why properties. it's theft is because you're allowed to take from someone. So if I don't pay my landlord money, he can sue me for money. And then if I well, refuse to obey the court summons, I think I go to jail. <laughs> you know, so, so there are very dire consequences for um, failing to pay your way renting property. Yeah, but it is, it is interesting, but especially property, especially, especially land beyond property. But I mean, that's what all real estate and real places are attached to is, mm-hmm. is, is land. Because I mean, I basically agree with that. It is theft, especially especially in the context of like, because I mean, you might say property is something like my car is, is property. And you're like, OK, well, someone made the car uh, and then they gave it to you in exchange for money. So there's no theft necessarily engaged in that you can follow it back but land it's like well who did you buy the land from who owned the land no one made it It was just there so like i mean that whole premise is kind of absurd but uh be that as like so i agree with that that like can i go out in canada where nobody lives and just claim a piece of land and say own it i cannot do that no i will have to buy it from something or someone right well, uh, land there's there's crown land. Most of the land in Canada is crown land, which is owned by the government. You mm-hmm. can lease it, and I think there probably are mechanisms where you could buy it, mm-hmm. but it's owned by the the government. Right. So the but but the thing it's like but there were times in history where people did that all the time, like really mm-hmm. notably in the or or people were granted land uh, in the United States. I know that was big when the people were settling in the West. It was like you could just go and stake a claim, and it was just like yours. Um, you know, but regardless of the fact that people already live there, like the native people and first nations of this land, were like, uh, this is where we live. And people were like, nope, not anymore. It's ours now. We own it. It's Get theft. out of here. And, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> because, it, it we, because we uh, whites have property and you do not. Yeah. So you might but you know what? So the thing is that, you know, as it relates, it's funny because I'm a landlord. So in, in, in that when you say like your property is left, the person who's the asshole is the landlord, which is me. Right. And uh, and and I agree with that. <laughs> the landlord is the asshole. It is exploitative. Um, but the thing is, it's kind of like with the way the world is set up, you can't get away from being exploited. It's like you're either <clears throat> it's either you're being exploited or you'll exploit and and for me it was kind of like well i feel like i'm being exploited by <clears throat> you know having to sell my labor for 30 years to work at something i don't want to work at because i have to that's just the state of the world so i can just do that and then just be exploited by the bank and pay off my mortgage and do that or i can put some of my money and try to get a little bit of property and do a little exploiting myself on the side to lessen how much i'm exploited by the others you know it's it's a quicker path to me getting to a place where hopefully i exploit no one and no one exploits me well certainly like, you wouldn't want to do this activity if there was not a benefit to make it worth it for you right well i mean some people would would say like there you know you can look at renting and i have looked at it like this before um that you're providing a service um yes to people so mm-hmm. it's like so i've had you know i own a couple 
places, and I've always had this. I've said this many, many times. I'm sure you guys have heard me say it. I didn't. I didn't want to own an apartment in which I also would not live myself. And I and I feel like that about all the places I own. I like them. I feel like they're nice spaces. They're spaces that if if I need a place to live, I'd be happy to live there. Mm-hmm. And that's not true of all landlords, certainly, uh, but it's true of many. I hope. So it's like I'm not in the. It's not just like, and it's not how I make my living like i don't make much money uh landlord for me it's a long-term investment but there are some people who just sit around with a pile of money and it's an easy way to be like like if you just were born or say you're donald trump and your father gave you you know 200 million dollars a very easy thing to do is buy a bunch of apartment buildings and rent them because all of a sudden you just like you put your money someplace you have it anyways and then money just starts flowing back to you it's so it makes sense if if you're like, I want to make money, but is it, it is exploitative. And then on the other end, you know, people do need places to live. Some people don't know how to build buildings, uh, don't don't know, don't have the means to put a down payment on a house, but can get together rent. So it's like, you know, you, you you're you're giving people a place to live that's nice. And people need a place to live. So you know, what's wrong with that? Yeah. I, I agree and, uh, that it's a service you provide because we all do need a place to live and we all don't decide to embark on ownership, which is a big responsibility. Well, and yeah. other people oh, – okay, go ahead, Crawford. Yeah, it, the the, uh, the risk that, that comes with ownership is one that we're sort of buffered from in the city that we're, we're in. We're in a stable, employed city. It's a government town, so like property value maintains – itself quite well and actually goes up so there's no real risk in purchasing property for us but in many places that's not the case when you buy a property you you may be gambling on it it could it could start you know you could end up paying more for it than it ends up being worth worth uh in the end and so it's a financially risky proposition then of course there's the the cost involved in initially paying for it so like what's often known as like the down payment and all the associated costs so like getting into uh the purchase of a property is much more of a commitment and could be construed as a burden as opposed to just renting which is sort of more of a transactional uh a thing while often places will ask you to pay the first and last month's rent and maybe sign up for a year so you know you're signed up for a year and not until you can sell a property which is the when you own it's more it's more like that and so i when i i used to rent i rented for a long time actually probably a lot longer than most people would before they would you know uh, um, uh, buy a property but often if you want to live in like walkable areas or areas that are, 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 you know, urban, urban centers and that sort of thing where property is very expensive. Well, the rental cost is generally much less than you would pay for a mortgage on set property. And so that becomes more attractive as well. There's lots of good reasons to want to rent a property as opposed to buy it, especially when you're first starting out and all that before you've amassed, you know, a sizable uh, down payment or before you've set roots somewhere and are like, Oh no, I'm going to stay here for a long time. Right. And it's also just the other, the other major thing that that I think distinguishes uh, or is that is an advantage to renting over, over owning a house is things like um, um, maintenance on your house. So if you're a renter, and and or say you don't like doing maintenance, you don't like fixing anything, you don't like painting the walls, you know, if something breaks, you don't want to know how to have to deal with it, then you should probably rent. Because it's kind of like you call the landlord and be like, hey, your apartment's leaking water, get it fixed. And then, uh, you know, I'm in that situation as a landlord. I get, I get calls from people being like, oh, this thing's not working or uh, something's broken. I, I have to go fix it. It's my responsibility. Uh, and it's not, and all the renter has to do is call the landlord. I pay the rent, you fix the house, and that's the bargain you do. So you never have to do any upkeep. And I had one one of my tenants said to me recently, like her partner who's like really not handy and does not like doing that kind of stuff. And she's like, "We'll never own a house because because we'll never be able to do the upkeep and the maintenance on it." And I always say to those people, like, "Well, you can call someone to do to do that, but that's still something you don't have to do 
as a renter. You just call the one person and they organize. You don't have to think like, oh, how do I get a hold of an HVAC guy for my furnace or who can I get to fix my eavesdrops? You know, like you don't even have you don't have to think about that. You just say things broken. Can you fix it, please? And it gets fixed. Um, or else, you know, you can the landlord can be held, uh, you know, liable. It's part of the contract of your of your rental agreement. You know, they maintain the premises. You know, you maintain it being not a complete pigsty. And then so if you own a house, this is something if you own a house guaranteed at some point, you'll have to do something on that house. You'll have to get a contractor in to fix something or you will have to fix it yourself. But as a renter, you don't have to do that. And that's a major advantage to win. That was the single biggest thing that kept me renting was all, you know, like, as you guys know, all that shit. I'm not handy. I don't want to do all of that stuff. And I had it built up in my mind, and I think a lot of renters do, that, you know, buying a house was going to be like, I was going to be on the hook for all this stuff, and and it was going to be, you know, a nightmare or whatever. But the reality is, you can always, there are professionals, you can always call, it's just you're going to be out of pocket for, you know, for their services. Well, and it can be pricey, too. Like, I mean, something, like, you know, I have had, yeah, in one of my places, the furnace broke, and it's kind of like... And so I get to get a new furnace put in for for the for the tenant, right? And that's like you know that's four or five thousand dollars. So that that's a big chunk of money. And for me as a, as as the landlord, I'm like, uh, you know, that's annoying. But like it's factored into like you know the rentals on that place. I think I made on that something like two thousand dollars a year or something like that is what I would keep. I own this place with my brother, and and we always kept a bit of a slush fund, right, for stuff like that. And you're like, oh, okay, well, there's a bit of money in the account, great. Put the furnace in. We're back down to zero. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and for a, a lot of landlords. It well, the be, mortgage, but the mortgage is getting paid down yeah. on top. Oh, of yeah, that, yeah. Right? Like, like they pay the more like it's for, for me when I was the land, landlord or for all my places, like all the mortgages get paid, all the bills get paid, you know, and then there's a little bit extra from when the house breaks. So it's like for me, what's in it over the long term is the house gets paid off. Uh, and, you know, that's great. But if I always used to think about this um, when I was tr- when I was starting to invest in real estate to be like, yeah, but if I owned all these houses, if I owned them outright, then I could just I don't need I wouldn't need to work. I could just collect all these all this rent money and that would be my income. And all I'd need to do is fix the stuff in these houses occasionally. The problem is I don't have I, I don't own them. I don't have the money to buy all the houses outright. I need to be in a 20 year plan or whatever. Um, but certainly lots of people can, you know, and that always seemed to me is the coming back to that, like why you'd want to be in the rental business if you're a rich person, which is like to Bo's point again, why it's, I think primarily like I agree with them, an exploitative thing. Like you well, have a bunch I, of money. So, oh, I, sorry. Go ahead. Well, sorry. I just wanted to jump in a little bit on what you were saying because um, Mike, to me, is in the neophyte stage of the property management game. And I I, I don't know what your plans are for the future and certainly don't to share them here necessarily. But um, I knew my my grandfather's partner in the business that they co-owned together, um, Sky Ray. Uh, he also bought some properties to the effect that kind of like how you did. And um, I know that when the business was changing hands some 10 years ago, uh, we were they were talking about how he was very, you know, looking to unload that business because his housing business was on another level completely than the company that he had originally owned and started up. Uh, because at first, when you're, when you're buying, you're, you're doing nothing but paying off mortgages, right? Like you're saying like, Oh, once I get um, four houses paid off, I can just live off the rental income and not have to work, except for when I need to repair it and to manage the finances. And in theory, maybe with a couple of properties, you could have a property manager take care of a lot of the day-to-day stuff for you where you can be even less plugged in. But the important thing that you're doing here is building capital at an accelerated rate. The way Crofton and a lot of people who just buy their own homes build capital is the worst way to build capital because a you have to live in your capital so you can't unload it or do anything with it although you can take a lien again or a loan against it but at the rate that you're doing with four houses you're almost stupid i mean not stupid you're almost stupid from a business sense from a business person sense to not then say sweet i own four properties let's mortgage out 16 of them and keep going and eventually you get to this point where it becomes growth, right? It becomes like you can still live that, you know, that 
that idea where you're like, I'm not working very much, but you can keep buying. There come, there come, there's a breaking point where you don't just have to sit on the houses. You know, like you can choose to do that if you want, but this guy Ray had like 60 or 70 houses he was doing yeah, at yeah. some point. Just money was just funneling in all over his face. Blah, blah, blah. He was like, why would I have this business? It's a multi-million dollar business. He's like, this is barely worth my time. There's so much work. I have to do quotes. I have to run the business. When the house is like, just, people just pay rent. They just live there. And if something breaks, I call, pl- I've got a plumber. He's got yeah. a couple of people on staff. They just fix the things. Easy. I've got a money manager. I do nothing. Like and no, I, and and, and the, <laughs> so the interesting thing, I, yeah, because I mean, it totally is that. And so f- when I said uh, I don't, I don't want to rent a place that I don't also want to live in. So for me, that's also been like I only own places in neighborhoods that I would want to live in. And and those neighborhoods, at least in this city, are like you know they're fairly gentrified. So it's it's pricey to buy a house in there. If if I wanted to be just the like landlord. Uh, making money hand over fist like i have a neighbor who's also a bit in the rental game and he told me it's like he went he bought a a building a six unit building in this like um little town in ontario somewhere you know a couple hours from where where we are so not in a big urban center it's in a little town he bought this this six unit building for two hundred thousand dollars now and he yeah he had enough to put i think that's inexpensive uh, but i'm sure rent is super low there but the thing is, rent is say lower than the city, but not that much lower. Hmm. So that so that that's the funny thing about rent versus owning. Like if you want to buy property in a downtown urban center anywhere in the world, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg more or less. Um, but if you want to buy land out in the boonies, it's going to be cheap. But but the rentals, though they will be cheaper, and, and they won't be like drastically cheaper. Like if you wanted to buy a six unit. A six-unit building in the neighborhood I live in that would probably cost two million dollars, maybe even three. But it costs two hundred thousand there, hmm. and though and though rent might be twice as expensive in a downtown urban center as it is out in the boonies, it's not eight times as expensive. So your cash flow, so his cash flow thing, is, and and again, it's like way more exploitative. That so you have money, you go to especially a, a, a town in the boonies where, where there just is less money, and you're like, I'm going to swoop in here, buy up this thing, no one's got money to buy it, and just take all the money from these people who are poor. <laughs> like, like that's totally is what it is, and I see, and I see could, that. Could you, uh, could you speak less quickly? It's hard to take notes at the same time. So you swoop in, and then what was it after swoop? Put your rich person's money down, okay. so that you can exploit the poor people who live there. <laughs> exploit poor people. It's uh, it's it's just called capitalism one oh one. And and, and a part of it, a part of it is, and I think statistically, you could probably look at the demographics for this, is that people who rent, and it's not always true. Some people with very high incomes rent or do leases, but people, the the majority demographic are going to be low income earners who do rent. Right? Like that's, to me. Well, more so. And, but, but when I said like the cap, just let me qualify that capitalism 101 one thing because it really is that like it's like it's like when you're when you're a capitalist and this is like marx said this stuff very very basic where it's like i have capital that's what i have bunch of money and and my end goal is to turn it into more capital so what do i do okay you can just imagine that you have the money put the apartment building in between Mm-hmm. It's like an equation, right? Money, then you got your apartment building, and what comes at the other end? More money than you had at the start. The equation so has to the, 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 the formula has to have more money going out than it's going in. That's that's, that's the it. formula. You want you want to take your money, make it make you more money. But everyone else isn't a capitalist, and they have no money. What they have is like they just they have a paycheck. They just want to get food and stuff and yeah. live their lives, you know. Yeah. yeah so and that's where that's where the whole I, the concept comes from. Uh, the property being theft because, you know, if you're a person of means, then it's trivial to to rent or to be in a situation like this. But as it applies to property, is that everyone? I don't know. I don't know if all countries feel this way. This may be a uniquely Canadian value, or it might just be my own. But I would wish that everyone that I would call brother and sister under my nation's banner deserves to have a warm roof over their head and food baseline and health, you know, some health care, some access to some opportunities. Should they take them to improve the quality of their lives? 
Basically, everyone should have that. I feel like the Canadian national anthem should be playing subtly <laughs> behind Bo while he's talking right now. Right, but but I mean, rent is generally expensive vis-a-vis what you might consider minimum wage, right? Well, and and so there is a sense that the capitalist sense is that we'll like get good, son, at capitalism, or like fucking suffer. You know, like that's that's how that is. And as a as a renter. It's not your job to make society better. It's your job to say, well, I'm providing a service and it's going to cost you what the market dictates. So, you mean as a landlord? It was well, a landlord. Sorry. As a, yeah. You said as a renter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, okay. Renter's the guy renting as a rentee. Is there a proper yeah. rent La- prefix? See, landlord as a term is really like when you think about it, it's one of those terms that we just take for granted. Landlord is like, like an old English term almost. Yeah, right? yeah. And when you when you hear it, you're just like, oh yeah. When you think about it, really, it's like that sounds. Should like I be a calling you Lord term. Hodgins because you are a landlord? You're yeah. Landlord. It's, like, it's funny. I'm the lord of your land, and you must <laughs> bow to me. Well, and it, it's because it's true. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, the lord of England in the feudal system who owned all the land, and you were the serf, and it's like, yeah, yeah. it's the same now. It's like The alternative is, is to be a bush person. It's like, you don't want to abide by the lord's laws of this land? Welcome to the bush. Be a hill person. Yeah, you just do whatever you want. Like, hey, here's another. Here's a flip side of the because my brother, maybe this runs in my family. He's also been in the rental game a little bit, but maybe oh, he's he not, has. Maybe he's not as good a businessman as I am, or he hasn't followed my tenant of like only, only, only rented places in which you'd want to live and in neighborhoods you want to live. So he he thought he, he sort of went the complete other direction. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly with this one, and it's the story is worth telling because it can either tell you something about about how you can play things as a renter if you uh or how not to be a landlord so he had this like in this cruddy part of um across the river in quebec where we live this area this is town city called hull and some of hull i used to refer to hull as the asshole of quebec uh but i don't know that that's entirely true but anyways it's a cruddy this is a cruddy area there and he bought a cheap house because he thought oh i could buy this house was like it was like one hundred and sixty thousand dollars for this house and i had like two three bedroom units in it he was like this is great it's so cheap and uh, and i can rent it still at whatever thousand bucks a month a piece i'll make all this money but then he got like tenant after tenant of basically like um drug dealers and like or very or just like crackheads who basically like managed to get him to agree to a lease and was like yeah i have a job like he tried to do his due diligence never did a good enough job and then had people come in pay one month rent not pay rent again and destroy his apartments like in several waves like there was one because i helped him go in and like paint the places and be like what are these people doing it'd be like dog shit all over the floor like uh like they've just like holes in the wall and you're like, what are people doing inside their apartment? You assume that people just want to, like, you know, chill out at home, watch TV or, or whatever in the evenings. But apparently some people go for, fucking nuts in the evening. For the record, Bo said he was sorry about that. <laughs> That's not but, me. Yeah. And it, so here's the the other thing is that is it so he this happened to him. And basically with many of these renters, they they basically win in the sense that, like, um, you know, Crofton was talking about you buy a house, you're gambling, you might lose your money. But if you're the type of person, if you are on the bottom of the socioeconomic scale and you're just comfortable there, and some people might be, you might be like, whatever, I don't have anything except the clothes on my back and I don't really give a shit about you, landlord. I need a place to live. So they would, this happened to them frequently. People would rent, pay one month's rent, and then not pay rent for like six months or however long, and he would be trying to evict them and take them to court. They wouldn't show up to court or they would just say, I don't care. Like, I don't have any money. Do whatever you want. And, and, and that, and then, and basically they would laugh in his face sort of because it was true. They didn't have any money. Uh, and, uh, and he just ended up providing like cruddy houses for people. So Nancy who would probably then go to the next landlord and do the same thing. Now these people are probably borderline criminals and this doesn't sound like good behavior, uh, but at the same time, they're also sticking it to the person who's trying to exploit them, you know? So I could see that angle, too, of like, look, I don't have any money. I don't want to make some landlord rich. So whatever. Try to kick me out. I don't have anything. Go to hell. And and this happened to him until he finally sold the place. Mm. So, yeah. So it's not all fun and games being a uh, oh, land hell no. baron. It's, hell no. In no, fact- it's, no, it's not. And that's why there's so many, like... 
variables to like you can present me different scenarios of home ownership, tenant relationships, rental situations, and I will feel you know I will feel differently about these things. And this is like we're talking about actual people's homes and stuff like that. And I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole uh, in this of of what I'm about to bring up, but like. You can rent for a week or two weeks. You know, hotels are essentially nightly rentals. Like, there's re- renting it at at a certain point is the function in which we stay places for shorter period of shorter periods of time because we're not going to buy all these places, um, and so really it has more malleability, more flexibility than something like buying does. Or like buying something is a big is a big deal. Like in again in the country where we live, if you sell the property within a, a certain amount of time after buying, you're subject to certain taxes and all that sort of thing. Um, so like really, fl- there's a lot of. Uh, uh, flexibility in in renting, and I've always I've always appreciated that. And giving that up was the hardest part for me about you know about buying a, buying a property was being like, okay, it's like a commitment. It's like I'm going to be here for a while, and I am going to I'm you know comfortable with taking on all these responsibilities and stuff. Uh, the same reason I don't mind pet sitting, but I don't want my own pet. It, it is. There's also just like sometimes a simple math equation to do when when you do when you when you simple math equation. Well, yeah, basically simple. <laughs> where it's like, um, you know, you could be like, uh, you know, okay, I'm gonna pay whatever twelve hundred bucks a month for rent for like my whole life, and you do that like whatever how many years you're doing that for fifty years or something, say. Um, or you're gonna like buy a house that costs you know say say it's in a pretty well-to-do neighborhood so it costs you 600 grand 700 grand but then you got to pay mortgage to the bank and when you do the math of how much mortgage you pay over the lifespan of that house it's often double uh what you paid so you might have paid 1.4 million for that house that you thought was because you were also getting exploited by the bank these are most you know homeownership not the rich person who can buy it outright and then you'd be like okay so you take that million million point four or whatever and divide it by years and and sometimes depending on the house you want to buy it might be like actually you could have been just as well off renting now they would people would say like but you could sell that house again you know and have your money back or whatever Hmm. um but like if you budget properly it's like same difference like and i know people a good friend of my aunt my aunts um he's a guy and is probably around 70 and he's rented his entire life and he's been in the same apartment for like you know, I think 30 years and he, and he has no interest in, uh, no interest in ever owning, you know, he's got plenty of money to travel. He's got a a good enough pension. He's got money in the bank, pays his rent. He's got, there's no problem. You know, he's like, why do I need to buy a house? He's like, why do I need that headache? So I could sell it again and have a big pile of money to get taxed. He's like, I've got a pension paying me monthly, you know? So he's just like, this makes no sense to me. And I think there is a rationale for that too, where it's like, well, why do all that stuff? You know, you're you're like investing all this money, paying all this interest, like blah, 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 and getting it back. You can, in some ways, renting is just simpler. You can be like, you know, I make $3,000 a month. If I can budget 1200 for rent and X dollars for my food, I'm all good. And if you just keep that going and you plan for your retirement or whatever, you can just keep riding that, you know, well, instead yeah, like of being what's, like, how- what, what's the difference, right? Because well, during, extent, during the time that you're paying off the house, the same dangers can befall you. Like if you get sick and can't work, you know, oh, how, where, where am I going to get my rent from? I mean, we're very fortunate. We live in a time where I think you can't go on disability. But if for whatever reason work becomes an issue, it can like isn't there insurance for like accidents and stuff to pay off your house? Like maybe you're yeah, protected. there is. But you got to buy that insurance. You got to yeah, pay for and it. which is a separate topic, I know. But but what as a renter, done? I'm not concerned about you know, getting my crap forfeited to the bank in, in that sense as well, which is less burden on me. Like, it's not a worry that I have. Um, so, I mean, like that's as, as just going along with what you were saying, it, it's very, it's very advantageous. All the things I don't have to worry about, um, which and when, when you're talking about, like when the topic was drawn and it was called, what was it called? Renting. Yeah. Right. So renting the act of doing like the renting, like, cause you can say, 
it in both sides of it, right? Like that word works both ways. Mike can say, I'm renting this house or I'm renting, I guess renting out this house would be the, yeah. the proper proper term. And you're like, I'm rent, I'm renting this house. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in it and rent it. Generally, like the, a lot of the, and we mentioned Trump, I think Mike mentioned him briefly, and, and you see like these property developers and predatory capitalists doing a bunch of stuff that is really, really sketchy and and um, that makes you uncomfortable. And and so the actual renting out of things, I have a lot of issues with, but I definitely don't begrudge anybody for doing the actual renting. Like if it's talking about renting property, the renters, the people who are renting, I I don't, you know, they're just looking for a place to live, a place that might have give them flexibility, worry, you know, certain worry free and all that sort of thing. Like it's not a it's not a negative on them. All the negative I associate with this are, are is more on this except like Mike mentioned there are bad tenants and bad tenants are a whole a whole, a whole thing, right? Uh as well, but uh I wouldn't paint everyone with the same brush just because there's some bad tenants uh but mostly good tenants tenant yeah tenants by large most people want to live where they live they don't want to get kicked out and all that so then then you've got uh the the practices which are more on the the renting out side of things and and to me that's where it's like so i'm i'm skewing positive on this but it's just because um, like if we were only focused on the on renting the people who are actually doing the renting, well then I'd probably be entirely positive. But as soon as you bring in the the people trying to take advantage and and, and make money off of, of poor saps, then I think it gets we're, a little we're more talking about the 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 institution of renting because an alternative would be I don't know your nation provides you with. A place to live and then you in turn serve it which i think is serfdom <laughs> but we've <laughs> done property ownership on this show well, before. I, no, no, like no, we no. have you're right um but that wasn't i didn't mean property ownership i meant the nation gives you a place to live like you don't own it but you don't rent from it the country just sees to its people but well that's like that's serfdom <laughs> which is a wow. mode of organizing a society not one that we see i think anywhere today is i don't any? think it's no i like i think what you're talking about is more like what what communist well, ussr communism, was like than I so. what uh because yeah. i think a serfdom it would be like the surf they wouldn't give the lord doesn't give you a house it'll be like yeah you build it yourself <laughs> but right, i own but it. they give you a right to occupy the land yeah and yeah you have 80 percent of your shit or you work for them directly but you get enough to eat and live and be inside the castle walls or some shit like that. I don't know. But, yeah, it's um, – okay, maybe it's not serfdom. Maybe it is just straight-up communism. I think it's ah. more like communism where it's just like you're just assigned a place to live. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, freedom of choice. And, and, and that's another thing with renting too where, like, you decide where you want to rent. You don't have to rent from a shitty landlord. If you don't like your landlord, you can just move, you know? If you don't like your neighbors, you can move. You know, moving's a pain in the ass. No one wants to do it all the time. But it's a bigger pain in the ass when you own a house because it's like there's just more, like, legal stuff with it and it can be hard to sell your house. Maybe it doesn't sell. Maybe the market's down. But with renting, you can always just give notice, you know, and say, I'm leaving in two oh, months or whatever. What they do in Norway? Uh, I've been yeah. hearing more and more. Is Norway is like the Saudi Arabia of the North. Is it Norway? Sweden. It's well, they have a lot what? of oil. If that's what you they mean. have a lot of oil underneath. They're actually like as a nation, filthy rich. Yeah, they, I don't think anybody wants to be called the Saudi Arabia of anything right now. <laughs> uh, okay, except Saudi I, Arabia. They're like, hey, I mean, it, I mean it in the strictest yeah. sense of uh, that. There's uh, they got a lot of oil. There is a hey, um, healthy hey. oil industry supporting the nation, and in no other way do I mean it. So I, I actually think we I have a, a Norwegian patron patron. So uh, I should, re- I should Leonard, remember that next time we're, we're doing my, I'm doing my intro. One of you can be the Saudi Arabia of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that's not attractive. I've already been called a douchebag once today by uh, on, on Twitter for the stuff I say. I, I didn't. I don't mean anything <laughs> to anybody, especially here. This is a sacred place. I love all of our good, bad, or bullshit listeners. Um, Speaking of the good, bad, or bullshit listeners, should we deliver upon them a verdict on this well, topic? Well, I, I just wanted to say I wonder what they do up there because there's also the potential of having a social program that isn't quite 
assigned housing, but might be state sponsored. Well, you're just guessing. <laughs> like, well, like there is social housing, and there's social housing in this city that we live in. Like, if you, if I'm kind of asking if you, someone to write in and to tell me because I think we have some European listeners who might. But, actually... but, Bo, I mean, like those the, these things exist in Canada. Like, if you have no money. And like you can be on social assistance, and you can find affordable you housing. You can't buy like, a house. No, you can't buy a house, but you can yeah. you can get a, an apartment that's that's sort of like subsidized. Right, those right. exist. No, no, I, I more mean like a housing program to own your house. I, I just I, I I've been hearing a lot of here stuff. I, I just it's not in the forefront of my mind about Norway uh, from people. Well, okay, I know what you mean, like because Nor- like, Norway. Uh, see, it's funny. Unlike you know who else has a lot of oil? They, Canada. They have like a four day uh, work week or, or something like that, or they they, they have re- the Saudi Arabia of North. They America. have a, a highly yeah. reduced work week. Yes, a lot and of Norwegian, a lot of not Norwegian, northern European countries have are going for things like this. But the, the, I think the thing about Norway, we're getting off on a big tangent here. But I, I know that they have something like a one trillion dollar fund that they just like from oil revenues that they're that they're like I heard something like they could give every person they have enough money to give every person in Norway a million dollars like uh, and what what I what I what I laughed about that because Canada to has tons of oil but instead of like putting it into some national fund that we could use to sign we just give it to oil companies so that they can go and develop more oil there's almost hardly any of it goes back to like the public wow. purse. But Norway stuff. is smarter than us. Is this the Christmas episode? No. Let's do verdicts. And, uh, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let's do idea. verdicts. Norway is good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. Bring in the animals. Order, I said. In the court. All right. Um, this is time for verdicts on good, bad, or bullshit. Which, if this is your first time listening, after talking about a topic for like an hour, we finally decide if it's good, bad, or bullshit. Who wants to take? Actually, technically, we already did yoga earlier. Remember? Yeah, exactly. That was a little primer. Well, if there, that was confusing to you, I've explained it now. Fifty-eight minutes later, let's go. <laughs> I'll go first. This one, uh, if if you guys don't mind. Um, be, I am the landlord, the asshole who exploits people for money. I've also rented. Uh, I've been on both ends of it. Uh, but this one <laughs> seems, seems uh, very obvious to me. Uh, so I'll just say the verdict that it, that it is. I defy you two to disagree with me. Uh, it's bullshit. Renting's bullshit. <laughs> to me, it's so okay. obviously bullshit. Because, look, I, I've been on both ends of this where it's like, um, it's, 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 it, it's like it's annoying to have to pay rent, especially when you don't have much control over what the cost of the rent is. It's a market thing. You just and you, you just got to pay it. Uh, and if you don't have money to buy your own place, you got to pay it forever. You never have to not pay rent. Just like goes out the door all the time. Yes, you're getting a place to live, uh, but when you feel like you're down on the bottom, you have no choice. Or whatever. Uh, and, and as someone like me who who's decided to invest some money, like I I'm doing this because this is the way the system is, right? And I don't and I want to try to. Um, invest wisely so that I don't always have to just, you know, have no money. Uh, but it is exploitative. People need a place to live. I'm like, I put my money in a place and then they come um, and live there. But I mean, is there ways that it can be positive? For, you know, I, yes, I think we talked about positives and negatives on both sides of this, but I feel like that's what it is. It's a big mess. I, I agree with Bo. I wish that there sort of wasn't um, uh, private property we talked about this before on this show uh, in a world where this wasn't the case where it's like people have a lot of money can own a lot of property uh but that is the, that is the world that we're in so we're stuck with renting and, and people with money own and people with less money rent um and i think that's a bullshit situation uh, but i'm involved in it because i live in the world you know but yeah i think it's bullshit all right crofton you're up next as the renter, I feel like I should go last because I'm the least important. Really? I I was going to say that, as I mentioned earlier, I'm the only one without skin in the game, and or, therefore well, my I would, Sorry, let me reframe important. it. Not important, but I have the least amount of uh, real capital. By real, I mean real estate capital. Right. So we're doing verdicts in order of real estate In order capital. of lordship. 
Would one of okay. you just give a verdict already? Sure, I'll go. Oh, the uh, landlord has spoken. He's the lord of the land. You better write it down. <laughs> I'm going to evict you guys from this podcast if one of you don't give a verdict. So um, I, I'm going to go straight up and agree with Mike and say uh, uh, renting is bullshit. And uh, for a lot of the, you know, the same, same reasons, and it's something I, I rented a long time. I benefited from it. Uh, enormously, but at the same time, it is clearly your one party benefiting from another. It's almost like a parasite uh, relationship. They're almost like you know, just they're absorbing money from you constantly. And 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 when you think about these these folks that that um, own so many properties, because you can only live in one place. And like I get like, oh, you own a vacation property. Oh, okay, so now. Sometimes I'm there and sometimes I'm here and all right, whatever. But when you own like eight properties or you own a giant apartment building and you own every unit in all those, like in a, in a perfect world, one person wouldn't own all these properties and sort of rent them out to different people. Everybody would have their own, uh, their own place. And, and uh, so that is, but we're not in that, you know, I, I don't know how to make that work. I don't, whatever. I just know that it's kind of dumb that it is, the way that it is and therefore there's good and fun and flexible and all that associated with renting there's exploitative business practices associated with renting it's kind of a murky middle i'm gonna just say like my kids bullshit okay Did I, uh yeah so last but not least is me the renter Bo. and um so i have to the tenant the david tenant um and I have to say that while I hate paying rent because I hate paying bills, um, I'm actually very grateful that, I don't know, that I have an option to work and to have a nice place to live. And by, and the place that I'm renting from, Mike, is the nicest place that I've ever lived. Um, Sweet. So, so thank you, landlord, <laughs> for the place that you're renting. It is funny that I'm your, yeah, your landlord. Yeah, it's hilarious, uh, Lord Hodgins. I, I agree. Your jokes are always funny. <laughs> I laugh. I, Sometimes I, I think of your jokes <laughs> when you're not around, and I laugh. Thank you, thank you, Lord. It's written into the into the <laughs> rental agreement. Must laugh Mike, at my jokes. Mike, what was your verdict? I double that verdict. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm going to double my landlord's verdict by saying that uh, renting is bullshit, uh, simply because uh, it is exploitative. And I wish there was a better system, but I don't have a constructive suggestion. What I would prefer better, actually, renting's been pretty sweet. So. Um, it's like a very it's the positive excuse the positive side of bullshit, but I agree. Um, I sort of wish that we could all be like my imaginary Norway and we all just get a nice, lovely place to live because our country just wants that for one another. It would be nice. It's funny as the landlord Listen. should be like, "Bo, you ungrateful so and so! I let you live in my little apartment, and you don't eat, and you call it bullshit. How dare you? I call renting bullshit, but you're the best landlord. In fact, listeners, if someone, if you're coming to the Ottawa area, this man has a very nice Airbnb that you can stay in for a very, very That's reasonable price. I can exploit you too, listener. Yeah. The only, the, the only thing you have to remember <laughs> is to keep the place clean and to refer to the Lord as. Uh, His Majesty or Lord Hodgins. Uh, also, don't shit on the floor or put holes in the wall. <laughs> That's that, all you need to do. That too. <laughs> if you want to come to Canada and live in Lord Hodgins's manner, or if you just want to share feedback on what you think about renting, well, you should contact us. Send us an email, goodbadbill, uh, goodbadbull at gmail.com. Please note this won't serve to reserve a spot in Mike's house. Um, and uh, if you're from another country, be it Australia, be it Norway, like Leonard, our our Patreon, um, feel free to. I'm sorry, Leonard. To, I forgot. Feel free to uh, to let us know how stuff is in your crazy countries and why it's different and or better and or worse than ours. Again, goodbadbull at gmail.com or you can go on the Facebook uh, or Twitter at goodbadbull. Or uh, you can go to patreon.com slash goodbadbull and support us, which is always awesome. Or you could uh, browse our archives at goodbadbull.com. See all the episodes that you'll want to share with your friends. And uh, finally, we are three individuals of individual natures. 
gentlemen, uh, where can the folks reach you? Let's start with uh, Sam Harris, uh, Michael Hodgins. Where can people reach you? Crofton, weren't you listening? I'm a landlord. We're not on social media. We're too busy making money. We don't have time to look at cat memes. So, yeah. <laughs> so, nowhere. Um, Mike, nowhere. I mean, uh, Bo, where can people reach you? Uh, well, you can find me on the internet, at Bo Schwartz on Twitter, where you hear all about this show, the show core that I do, and there will be dungeons where I'm the dungeon master of a post-apocalyptic D&D campaign. Bo, stop being such a douchebag. And then there's uh, <laughs> and then there's me, Croft and Sears. You can reach me at Croft and Steers on Twitter. It's pretty simple, actually. I also do uh, a show about being a dad and a geek called Dungeons and Diapers. That's tgistudios.com slash dad for that show. Uh, and uh, yeah, that'll do it, folks. So we're pretty much done. Now we're going to talk and make Bo's life really difficult. And he's going to try and wrap up the show. And he'll be like, God damn it, just end the show. But we'll never find a perfect spot. Yoga. Yeah, that's an explanation for how the outro part of the show works. Um, so I'm breaking uh, the fourth wall left and right tonight, fellas. Yeah, we did two verdicts. That's pretty good for a night where we thought we were trying to wrap it up quick. It's, uh, yeah, kind I of kind of like doing the speed one. I think we should... We should do a plan a speed round of some kind. I think a speed round, and to think that we could do yoga that fast too. Yoga was one where I thought Mike would have a lot. Do you think to we could do I it guess. next week for a Christmas special? Speed, speed, GBB. Yeah, Wait, a, next week's a Christmas special. Two weeks from now, the twentieth. <laughs> Let's not rehash this. I mean, the twentieth. Hey, I was thinking about uh, yoga and uh, okay. Don't answer. Da- That's fine. And and Dalsim. And, uh, you know, like when Mike was telling me that story about me holding in the farts, I totally remember the farts now. Like whenever I do yoga, I need to fart a bunch. And I was thinking about it, that like maybe that's how he generates the fire. The fireball? Probably. It's got to come from somewhere. From methane gases. It could be methane gas. Yoga flame! Actually, it always comes from his mouth. I think he eats hot peppers. I message stuff you should know once. Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.